Welcome, Welcome to the Best Friends Best Ideas Podcast with your best friends, Adrian Suzuki Cruz and Jen Amos. And, and yes, yes, we really are best friends and have been for 20 years now living coast to coast. Together, we are excited to share the best ideas on how to sustain healthy relationships with your best friend or anyone you care about. Now, let's get on with the show. Hey, best friend, how's it going? I wanted to share with you another. TED Talk, an idea that is very related to some of the topics that you were sharing with me on a personal level, but you know, that's how we are able to listen to each other and help each other out. And this TED Talk really resonated. There are certain parts of it too that I resonate, but I think a lot of it has things that you've shared on a previous audio recording that we were talking about, about how to sustain good relationships. But this one is by... Guy Winch is the TED Talker for this episode, and the title is called How to Practice Emotional First Aid. And to our listeners, if you want to find out where you can watch this, it's it's easily accessed on YouTube. We'll put it in the show notes, so be sure to check that out. So with this best friend, the TED Talker kind of starts out in a way, I'm just going to tee up the background where he has a twin brother. And before I get to the twin brother situation, he was saying like how, as people, do we take care of our physical hygiene a lot? You know, like make sure we brush our teeth every day so we don't have dirty, stinky breath. And we go to the gym every day, you know, if we do that so we can stay fit and not get overweight and reduce stress. But he kind of talks about even though the title says emotional first aid, he's actually talking about not the physical hygiene that people need to take care of. They need to take care of their emotional hygiene. And I was like, wow, it's one of those words that you've been coming up with a lot of them. And I appreciate it. But this one was something that like, you know, I'm obviously attached to these double adjective noun-ish words. And emotional hygiene just really resonated with an earlier topic that we were talking about. And he was talking about like some emotional hygiene that's very difficult to overcome is failure. Words like failure, rejection, and loneliness. And so I was like, wow. Typically when you're, how he kind of shares it is like, if you're going to try to lose weight, you might just go running every day, you know, or like with obviously with your teeth, you're going to actually brush your teeth. But with, I forgot the other one is depression. He was saying, like, you can't just shake off depression. You know, people just say, like, hey, just don't be sad. Just shake it off. You know, you can't shake off these emotions easily, you know? And it takes a long time to overcome feelings of loneliness, rejection, and failure. I feel like, and even, oh, again, depression. And he talked about it that much but some of these emotions if if it piles for way too long just like how if you don't like for me i didn't go to the dentist for a while for a long time that my dentist started saying that i had borderline gingivitis and the only way to fix that was to do a lot of these deep cleanings and so they're like they're gonna numb your teeth and clean it out but after almost a year like every three months i came in and they did all these deep cleanings it's back to normal Other than that, though, like, 
gingivitis is the one I was trying to say here, where it's that's a very extreme teeth disorder physically. But like, what happens if you're lonely for a long time? Or what if you're rejected for a long time? Or what if you're a failure for a long time? Or what if you're depressed for a long time? It leads to some of those really extreme episodes of, well, some people want to take their life and suicide. Or some people just choose never to be in a relationship and get married if they're rejected all the time. Or if they're lonely, that also leads to other extreme emotions, but it might force people to be closed off from others and be guarded. And then when you fail a lot, this kind of relates to work. There is a quote that I really like. It was a personal quote about double your success of failure. I think we've heard of this before, which is great. Like when you're in business, you want to double your success of failure because the more you fail, the better you can learn, you know, or, or adapt and change because with failure, you kind of get back up, but you have to get back up. That's the point there. You can't just double your rate of failure. And if you sustain it for too long, you might and not learn anything about it. You're going to definitely feel that your emotional hygiene is just going to take a toll on you because you're going to get stressed out. You're going to feel like you're not worth what you're doing. To a certain degree, Like you can't just do that without having a way of why you're doing it. So anyways, I'm kind of sharing all these things because I, I know you mentioned how on a previous audio that you were... And maybe you will already have covered it, but I'm just kind of reopening it again here to help our listeners understand, like, loneliness is a real thing. And you were mentioning how lonely you were because you had to uproot yourself to Virginia, of course, for your spouse. And that's the sacrifices that we make for the people we love. But it does come with a cost of, like, you not being able to have that social life that you're longing for. And now you're, you know, you've become lonely and feelings of loneliness. And so when we're talking now, you know, like, of course, I'm not physically there, but we're talking, you can hear me and we can get energized from each other. But we were saying that, like, you know, you wanted to surround yourself with others. And and that's a way for you to kind of clean up your emotional hygiene. So for the most part, I will go back to the very beginning of what this I'm not going to share too much. I think our listeners, you guys should definitely go check out this TED Talk. It's really great and you'll really be inspired by it. I know I was. And so the TED Talker guy Winch was talking about how he and his twin brother were separated as they were studying and he was studying abroad. That was the longest they've ever been apart. So he had those feelings of loneliness. And so they would talk to each other, but it was really expensive back then. It's not like now where you have skype or now even you even have zoom you know and the internet wasn't that great and so every phone call was like a million dollars every minute no but it was really expensive back then international calling was really pretty hefty and so yeah loneliness can come in any kind of shape or form so he was trying to share how he was combating that and what other people like ourselves can do to help clean up our emotional hygiene and so I will leave it at that. I know you're going to be watching as well. And I'd love to get your thoughts on this. And yeah, I chose this topic, especially for how to sustain healthy relationships, because we also do need to, the other relationship that we need to sustain is our own well-being. So 
hopefully to our listeners, I hope you enjoy this and join us along in our journeys together. And so, best friend, I will hear from you soon. Talk to you then. Bye. Hey, best friend. Once again, you have shared with us another amazing TED Talk. And there is so much of it that really resonated with me. I think I'm going to start by sharing what stood out the most to me and then acknowledge some of the things that you had mentioned in your recording as well. So I absolutely love this conversation about how we take the time to focus on our physical hygiene, but we downplay our psychological health or our emotional hygiene, as the TEDx talker or as the speaker was saying. And I feel fortunate that in the recent years, you know, thanks to all of the work that I have done and the support I took the initiative to have in my life, whether it's like support groups or therapy, to acknowledge that our psychological health is just as important as our physical health. And unfortunately, our psychological health or our emotional hygiene is a lot easier to hide because people can't see it. It goes back to the story I had referenced in a previous conversation we had about how I was going to my doctor thinking that I had all of the problems in the world. And the doctor does a blood test on me and does an annual exam with me only for them to say, they're like, wait a minute, you are your healthiest version you could be right now. You're extremely healthy. Like you even have the body of an athlete. And looking back at that time, I recognized that, yes, although I took really good care of my health, I was battling with bouts of loneliness and depression. And I had mentioned this in our previous conversation, moving to the East Coast almost four years ago was life-changing in so many ways. It was a culture shock. It was me uprooting everything I knew and essentially starting over. And even though on the surface, I looked like I had it together internally, I was crumbling. So this conversation, this TED Talk couldn't have come at a better time. It feels extremely relevant, especially with all the mental stuff I had been battling in my head for the last four years of being in the East Coast. I really like Guy Winch's story and how he compared physical hygiene and psychological hygiene to him and his twin brother and how, you know, different they were to each other and yet how bonded they were and just being able to acknowledge their different strengths and weaknesses and saying that essentially both of them were equally important and valid individuals. And therefore we need to look at our physical and psychological health in the same way. And I thought that story when, you know, he was waiting on his brother to call him on his birthday or on their birthday, that definitely resonated with me because, I mean, although he accidentally pulled the cord of the phone and his twin brother was mad about that, it reminded me of how, you know, going back to the six months that you and I didn't talk, it reminds me of how I had felt like I was making most of the initiative to continue to sustain our relationship, especially since I moved out to the East Coast, and especially during the pandemic. And the loneliness I had felt from that. There are so many people that I have moved on from in the West Coast. 
And partly it was because I felt like my efforts to stay in touch wasn't reciprocated. And I think it's kind of the whole out of sight, out of mind, because you don't see me on a day to day. And I'm not just talking about you. I'm kind of generalizing like a lot of the people that I cared about in the West Coast. I wasn't there. I'm not there. I'm not involved in their lives. And so it's just natural that they wouldn't have felt the need to stay in touch with me because they were preoccupied with who's actually in their lives. You know, their significant others, their friends, their loved ones, their coworkers, et cetera. Someone like me gets pushed off to the wayside or forgotten. And that's definitely something I felt a lot of when I was in the East Coast. And even when I would come visit the West Coast, in which none of my friends in the West Coast have ever, you know, gone to the East Coast to visit me, which was a whole other layer of loneliness there. But even when I did visit, it felt like I still had to do so much more to take initiative. Let's say that I had this Airbnb that was two hours away from where I formerly lived. And even though I flew across the country to, you know, to be there, some of my contacts would still say, oh, well, let me know when you're actually in town, when you drive down here. And so, yeah, it gets me to reflect on how a lot of my experience in the East Coast for these first initial years have impacted my perception. I was looking through the lens of loneliness in the way that I felt out here and the way that I looked at my friends back in the West Coast and loved ones. And it was hard. And of course, I know that this TED Talk talked about other things such as like failure and rejection and how all of these very strong emotions can really dictate the way that we show up in the world. And I wrote a note here that, and this is my personal belief, is that most of us are motivated by our traumas, whether we are aware of them or not, and even more so if we are unaware of them. And so I really like this conversation about like trying to actually break that negative cycle of repeating these old stories of us not being able to make friends, us feeling rejected, feeling forgotten, or feeling whatever we feel, feeling like a failure. It's like the more you let that ruminate, it's like digging yourself a deeper and deeper hole. And it's a lot harder to recover. It's a lot harder to climb out of that hole that you dug. If you continue to allow this negative cycle to passively happen without being actively involved in your life. And so what I have come to learn, and again, this is going back to the fact that I am so grateful to have had the help that I have today, to know that I am capable of climbing out of that hole. Now, it's a deep hole, and I don't know how to rock climb, but the intent is there. And as hard as it's going to be to climb out of that hole, when I get out of that hole, I'll be stronger than ever. I will be more emotionally resilient than I ever was before because I made that effort to build the strength, to build the emotional resiliency, to climb myself out of that hole without a rope, <laughs> without someone to save me. So that's what comes to mind for me. And it helps me kind of like this conversation reminds me that I need to give myself a pat on the back because although I do still feel that loneliness and I can still experience those feelings of rejection and failure in many ways, I have the tools now, I have the emotional resiliency to not let those feelings continue to make me spiral, make me go in a downward spiral and to dig a deeper hole in which it would be harder for me to climb out of. And I have learned, and I'm curious for you, best friend, you know, what are some things that you have done for yourself 
to break that negative cycle of going in this downward spiral of loneliness, rejection, failure, you know, et cetera, et cetera. For me, I have learned to redirect or rechannel my feelings of loneliness, depression, rejection, failure toward more positive things. So let's say, for example, rather than feeling lonely, the way that I was able to rechannel that energy was through podcasting. Honestly, if it wasn't for starting podcasting back in 2018, I don't know where I would be today because podcasting gave me the platform. It gave me the space to have really in-depth conversations with people that was so rare to have and that feels so rare to have in today's times. And I feel like podcasting is what, what had given that to me. I was able to rechannel my feelings of loneliness through podcasting. And I was able to rechannel or redirect my feelings of, you know, deep, deep depression by being in community with people, by connecting with people, by conversing with people. I do know that we talked about this in a previous episode about connection, the importance of connection (laughs) and podcasting had given me that. And I think another way I had, you know, redirected, rechanneled my feelings to break the negative cycles is through therapy. You know, I have I have had over a handful of therapists in the last couple of years and it has made a difference. It's made an absolute difference. So I'm curious for you, best friend, and of course, to our listeners, if you have been able to find a way to break that negative cycle of negativity and digging yourself a deep, deep, deep hole as a result of it, what have you done? What have you done to be able to climb out of that situation? So the second and final tip that I will share that has helped me, that has allowed me to break those negative cycles is by reframing. So I have, I've already mentioned redirecting and rechanneling, which I kind of consider synonymous, but reframing is another word I use. It's a way for me to tell a different story about my current circumstances and even tell myself a different story about my past. So a way to reframe your pain, for example, is to turn your pain into your passion, meaning you and I had lost touch. You and I felt like we weren't having a sustainable friendship with each other. And so we turned that into not only being reconnected, but helping other best friends stay in touch. We turned that pain into our passion through this podcast. Another way too, is if you're telling yourself a sad story about your life, I have learned to turn my mess into my message. Or for more faith-based people, you turn your mess into your ministry. And so really what we're saying is that you take all your faults, all your failures, you know, you own it and you show up in the world acknowledging what you've been through and hoping that sharing your mess as your message will help other people work through their own mess as well. So that's what I mean by reframing is turning your pain into your passion, your mess into your message, your trash of a life, if you think it is into treasure, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. (laughs) And so I'll leave it at that. The last thing I'll share in, in comment to what you shared, best friend, is I love how you said that another relationship we need to sustain is the one we have with ourselves. And I think that's what this emotional hygiene talk is all about, this emotional resiliency, psychological health, um, all the terms, is at the end of the day, you know, we have to be good with ourselves because we'll only cause a ripple effect to the relationships that we have in our lives. All right. That is all I have to share for now, best friend. Very curious if you have any additional thoughts. 
And if you want to answer my question on how you have been able to break through your negative cycles and to our listeners, if you have anything you want to add, or if you like anything we had to say, we would love to hear from you and get your thoughts. Hey, best friend. I'm so happy you really like this TED Talk with Guy Winch. I really like this topic about emotional hygiene. It is so real that we do take care of mostly our physical hygiene in a sense, like brushing our teeth, going to the gym, but we don't take care of our emotional hygiene enough. Especially like what, you know, I want to, you know, point out your story with your doctors and them telling you that what? How can you be like lonely and depressed if you're physically healthy, like you're the healthiest you can ever be, but you're emotionally not there? It's like they think it's like a like a correlation when these feelings, they don't correlate. Like it's like its own separate thing that you have to be able to take care of both sides of mental and physical. So I just appreciate you and I acknowledge that the loneliness that you were feeling from having to move from California to Virginia and uprooting everything, all your friends, your family members, and even when you try to make a point of having to come back to California to just sustain relationships, no one was even, even myself, I wasn't there, you know? Of course, I was going through my own rut, but... That's no excuse of why we didn't hang out. And so I acknowledge your loneliness was was probably um, eating you up inside and you just made it a point to start taking care of your own emotional hygiene. I did want to point out like, I find it like emotional hygiene, if it was like in a physical form, it's like having a beer belly. You know, the more you drink beer and then you start to, the calories add up. And all of a sudden, you can physically see that you have this beer belly. But since emotional, these emotions like failure, depression, loneliness, in a way, you're, we're drinking it. And in what you were saying earlier in your recording was, it's like you're digging something, digging a hole for yourself. But <laughs> it's not like we're going to dig our own houses. But what I'm trying to say here, like on a physical term, like a beer belly is like, obviously people could point that out and say, hey, you need to lose weight. You know, doctors can say, hey, watch your weight or you could take a blood test, you know, while it's really hard to kind of measure what's going inside mentally that we're having to deal with. And so, again, it's something you cannot see. And I really like how you brought in the quote from Guy about in a way, just like, how do you break these negative emotions? How do you dig yourself out of your situation before it spirals out? And you kind of said, like, you're going to just try to rock climb out of your hole. It'll take some time, even though you don't know how to rock climb. Or once you get out of there, you're going to feel the best you'll ever be. And you'd asked me, you know, first, like, well, what am I having to deal with? You know, what are these deep emotional feelings that I got from the TED Talk that relates to me and what I've done around it? And first, I just want to say, like, yeah, for me, you know, I do get lonely at times. 
But uh, for me, uh, last year, especially during the pandemic, I just felt depressed. Depression was a huge one and feeling like a failure and having those emotions of failure. Because like during the pandemic, in my role, I have to visit customers. And also, I'm, I'm an extrovert. So I'm in sales. So I get energy when I'm with people. And the pandemic kind of shut us out from doing that. And I was also training a team, you know, on top of that, but like from afar, since everything had to be virtual. So I was just so depressed and like feeling like a failure, like, how do I do this? Like, how am I going to like be able to work in this type of environment where I can't really see people? And yes, they said, oh, just do Zoom or Microsoft Teams and try to communicate virtually. But in my field, we are in construction, so like building homes with our product. And it's like, it's a physical product. Like I need to physically show people. I can't just do it over (laughs) Zoom, you know? And so it was just so tough to get people to communicate with us and to me. And I was just like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. And so I just felt like I was getting so much stress. And so I said, you know what? I need to take control of my situation So in a way, I closed out even more, but I first needed to take care of myself. And, you know, I started meditating to clear my mind. That was a huge, huge thing. Even just 10 minutes, 5, 10 minutes a day of meditation really, really helped. Just get all these negative thoughts out of my brain and just so it doesn't linger. And then another thing that I did is I started going down this journey of like productivity, being organized and finding better ways to be more efficient. And I found joy in that because I was slowly removing the clutter in a way I was kind of like digging myself out. And so that's what I did, you know. I'm usually not an organized person to begin with. And since everything kept piling at work and I just kind of felt like, you know, I need to get better at this. So with the combination of meditation and being more organized and being more productive, finding better ways to be more productive, it had really helped me be not so much as a failure and be not depressed. But the one thing I did do is I wasn't around. I closed myself off from some of my relationships. Of course, I had Maria too, but I really put my friendships and family members in the back burner, which now I realize I should not have done that. And I could have got out of my situation a lot faster had I been able to to sustain healthy relationships like what we're advocating here on our podcast. And I'm just so happy that we've rekindled and I reached out and I wanted to make sure that we, even though I wasn't sure how we were going to communicate after six months, I just felt like I needed to bring back my friends and family into my life because it's a way of how I can take care of my emotional hygiene. And so I just appreciate you evolving our friendship together again with me. Now, I did want to point out now that that, uh, I really liked how you were able to take care of your emotional hygiene. And you kind of put in two different categories of redirecting and reframing. And I like both of them and how you redirected all of your loneliness into podcasting. And I think that's great, you know, and using that platform so that people will actually listen and they like listening, you know, and I just feel that like, you know, you weren't being heard. And no one could understand your loneliness. So I just really feel, you know, kudos to you, best friend. And I also like how, in a way, it it kind of goes hand in hand. But you reframed your your situation. 
it was almost like I wouldn't call it necessarily a blessing in disguise, but that's kind of like the terminology I'm trying to trying to put here. You're just kind of like, you know what? I'm going to dig myself out of this hole. I know I can take care of myself. I'm going to learn how to take care of myself. And and maybe this was it was for the better for you know like for you to try to figure out how you would be able to do that, and then that's how you re- were able to redirect it with podcasting. And, you know, you left it with, uh, in the end, where you were kind of saying, like, I really like what you said, like, basically what you're reframing. Change your mess into your message. Or, if in faithful terms, change your mess to your ministry. I just thought that was really great and how you did all of that. So, thank you for sharing that with us, best friend, and to our listeners. So, yeah, I just, I have, um, you know, this topic is obviously very deep. And it's different for everybody. So listeners, I hope you really enjoyed this conversation that we had about the whole emotional hygiene. And if you want to check out the TED Talk yourself, it will be in the show notes. But best friend, let me know if you have anything else to say or want to share about the thoughts that I've shared on how I was able to kind of dig myself out of the hole. But I just appreciate each other for doing this. Now we're able to create this podcast and help other people sustain better relationships. And it's just going to be a wonderful journey so thank you and i'll talk to you soon bye hey best friend wow i think that like even though we have had like hard conversations with each other and, you know, hard conversations about our personal lives in the past. I have to say, this is a pretty heavy one in the best way possible. And I often feel like, like I said, even if we have heavy conversations, we always seem to default to being lighthearted and fun and joyful, which obviously isn't a bad thing. It's just that this episode has really shown me the depth of our relationship and how capable you and I are in expressing a wide range of emotions with one another. So that being said, let me just start by saying thank you. Thank you for this TED Talk once again, because it really prompted us to really get in touch with our feelings, (laughs) you know, individually and with each other. So, you know, kudos to the both of us. I'm very proud of us. I really do appreciate how you acknowledged the culture shock I experienced moving to the East Coast. I can look back at it now and definitely call it a culture shock because even though I had moved within America, it was a culture shock. (laughs) You know, I went from consistent mid-70s weather for the majority of my life in Southern California to four or five intensive years here in the East Coast experiencing the four seasons. And let me tell you, the four seasons are no joke. They all have very, very strong personalities. They're very expressive, very dramatic And you know (laughs) what season it is because 
they are all very distinctive in their own way. And in addition to the culture shock of being out here, even though I have grown to enjoy the Southern hospitality and how people just say hi to you and acknowledge you or just wave at you. There's this constant like culture of acknowledgement out here. Even if it's just a slight nod, like eye contact and a slight nod, a little like open of the hand if their hand is on the side of their hip, but just to let them know that they see you. It's amazing. Either way though, here I am nearly four years being out here now, and I am still trying to establish a social life. As I have mentioned in the last four years, I have moved with Sam three times, and that is not even counting the last six months of last year when we basically were hopping around from one Airbnb to the next because we were technically homeless. (laughs) And then on top of that, when going back to, you know, the West Coast and Southern California to try and reconnect with what was familiar, including you, that whole experience coming back to the West Coast really, and, and I'm saying this from my method of reframing and redirecting, you can kind of tell how automatic this is for me right now, where I'm already looking at the bright side of how neglected I felt and how unseen and forgotten I felt when I came back to the West Coast. But all that being said, coming back to the West Coast gave me the affirmation I needed to fully embrace my new life in the East Coast and fully embrace rebuilding or maybe building a very healthy relationship with myself. (laughs) So that when people like you happen to come back into my life, I am not responding out of resentment, bitterness, anger. I'm responding out of joy and gratitude. And I'm just really happy. I'm really taking in this moment right now and appreciating how quickly our you know, friendship has evolved in just the last couple of weeks of us talking to each other. It's true that like, I think on the surface, it is hard to measure what's happening mentally and emotionally. You know, like with weight, you can obviously go on a scale and see how much you weigh. You can see if you gained weight, lost weight, and now they have those super fancy scales where it also checks your body fat and what your, I forgot what they said, like biological age or something is based on like your body fat. Like it's just like crazy what they do with these scales nowadays. Of course, you cannot do the same thing like you mentioned with your heart and your mind. You can't necessarily measure how happy you are, how sad you are. It's actually all very intuitive and it shows up in how you treat other people or how you let other people treat you. But because we were not given the tools to recognize, you know, when we aren't doing well emotionally, we just take it as something normal. Like we normalize uh, how unhealthy or how emotionally dirty we are, I guess to say the least, or if I'm kind of playing with this emotional hygiene analogy. And because we're emotionally dirty, that stench, that figurative stench repels people from actually, you know, wanting to build a good sustainable relationship with us. Anyway, great TED talk. (laughs) And just so our listeners know, Adrian and I, when we send each other these audio messages back and forth, 
we take notes and hey, best friend, maybe (laughs) this is a good idea for another episode on how we respond thoughtfully (laughs) to each other. So teaser for another episode, best friend, feel free to get started on that ASAP because who's the starter here? You are. (laughs) Anyway, moving on, you know, best friend, you just gave me a completely new perspective as to why you closed off during the pandemic. Like I knew that you were depressed, but I didn't know that you felt like a failure. And that really touches my heart. And I just want to send like a virtual hug your way right now, because I never really like took you as a failure. If anything, I like you were always like the A student between us and and amongst our friends. Like I always felt like you were high achieving, a perfectionist and all that. And it never crossed my mind that you thought you were a failure. Of course, that makes a lot of sense because as an extrovert, like you mentioned, you get a lot of your energy being with people. And I'm sure that's partly why you're in sales. And of course, that makes complete sense that because the pandemic shut us out from having to travel and see our clients or our prospects or even our team, I imagine how you were like starving of people. It's like you were starving of water. Like people give you water, give you life. And being in the pandemic put you in this figurative desert that made you so dehydrated. And with that in mind, it makes complete sense why we didn't communicate because you needed to find water. And what you had come to find later is that you were able to find your own oasis within yourself by learning how to meditate and study organization and productivity so that once you were able to hydrate again and you were able to find that in just applying these skills like meditation, organization, productivity, efficiency, et cetera, et cetera, that's when you were able to see things clearly again. And that's how you were able to recognize that at least thanks to Maria, (laughs) you were able to acknowledge what Maria said when you were wondering why you didn't have any friends anymore. And Maria was like, well, have you made an effort to reach out to people? But how could you know that you were supposed to reach out to people when you were so dehydrated of that in-person experience throughout most of the pandemic? So I wanted to summarize what you shared with me in a way that makes me better understand what you were going through. And with that said, I want to say, best friend, that like, I'm so sorry that I didn't see what you were struggling with. I'm so sorry that you felt like a failure and I wasn't there to support you. Not that you probably would let me anyway, but I was, you know, I was deprived as well. I was deprived of a social life. And so, you know, we both acted in our own ways and we both didn't necessarily see what the other person was going through because of the desert that we both were individually in. Yet, you know, thanks to how we were able to individually work on ourselves and go inward, like you did your meditating and, and then everything you mentioned about me, you know, here we are. Look how beautiful this is that we were able to reunite as whole beings, as individuals who have learned to love themselves 
individually and find that kind of oasis within ourselves so that when we come together again, it's not two incomplete best friends trying to complete each other. It's two complete people adding to each other's lives, you know, like having joyful connections as opposed to a needed connection, if that makes sense. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's great to have you again. And I so needed it, et cetera, et cetera. At the same time, I think there's a difference between needing something and being codependent to something. And I think that you and I are able to just add to each other's lives as opposed to depend on each other's lives. And I am just extremely, extremely grateful. Yeah, just I'm grateful to where we are today. And I apologize that I didn't see that. I didn't see that you were struggling with depression and most importantly, feelings of failure, which is like a whole new thing that I never thought you would say. So thank you for sharing that. I absolutely learned something new about you today and our listeners get to witness it here. <laughs> this is real. This is this epiphany is real. We didn't talk about this offline. So thank you, best friends, so much for sharing that. And I do appreciate you acknowledging how I was able to take care of my own emotional hygiene, how I was able to kind of find my own oasis in my own desert through redirecting my energy and reframing the way that I was looking at my situation. And, you know, you're right that it was great that this gave me an opportunity to focus on what I can control and learn what I'm capable of. But now that I'm on the other side of that, although it's nice to know what I'm capable of, I prefer to not do things on my own moving forward. <laughs> and part of why we're doing this podcast together is because life is hard, but with people, it's sort of easier. Keyword sort of, because, you know, people are complicated. <laughs> But I think it is better to have people in our lives than to not have people in our lives, right? And I know you had mentioned this yourself in a past episode that we did. And in wrapping up here, of course, best friend, I mean, I'm going to wrap it up here, but feel free to add some more if you want to. I'm just going to wrap up by saying that I agree with you. I'm so glad that we're doing this podcast. I hope that it does help others. I also care about what this show is doing for us already and what I hope it continues to do moving on. You know, our friendship will always be my first priority in this instance. And I'm just grateful. And like you said, I do hope that you, the listener, <laughs> uh, have gotten a lot out of this conversation. We would love to hear from you. Love to hear if you learned anything about yourself or about your loved ones or, you know, friends that you haven't been in touch with for a while. And if you did, learn something, let us know. And if this impacted your relationships in a positive way, we would love to hear from you. Thanks so much for listening and tune in next time. Hey, best friend. Thank you so much. I really like everything that you've shared with me regarding this TED Talk on emotional hygiene. It's just been very deep and meaningful, and I really, really just appreciate everything you had just shared. I just want to acknowledge a few more things to close out here. Yeah, you're mentioning how it was like a culture shock living in Virginia. 
from California and having to experience those four seasons and being uprooted in a way and you know how that all leads to like kind of loneliness and and my only experience to that and to relate was when obviously both grew up in sunny San Diego and unless you go elsewhere you won't you won't know how it feels to have four different seasons and I experienced that when I was in Japan and man not only was I it was culture shock trying to assimilate <laughs> in a different country just having all four different seasons winter uh, was a shocker and summer was a shocker being so hot and humid and winters you know being seeing snow for the first time <laughs> wow yeah I, I know what you mean by they have their own distinct personalities and i just really like moving on with like everything that you said with the scale you know like yeah i have a scale that's able to check my weight and my bmi now which is pretty cool you know my body percentage weight but <laughs> i didn't know i could even tell you your biological age i think that's really crazy so yeah things are just changing you know they should come out with something that can help at least determine if someone's like depressed or feeling through these emotions. Obviously, that's what therapy is for. But I think there should be ways to kind of help other people or even help a nice assessment for yourself. I believe there's tests and stuff like that, but it would just be nice to have another way to measure. Like you said, how do you measure your heart and mind and this whole thing about Everyone just says, yeah, just normalize it, you know. But, you know, how do you normalize a dirty mindset, you know, in terms of having to experience failure, loneliness, depression, you know? And so I just wanted to close up here and just really say that I want to say thank you. You shared a new analogy and perspective of everything about my feelings of failure. First, I thought you had known it but <laughs> it's 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 what's great about our friendship now it's ever evolving and thank you for acknowledging that for one and i accept your apology it's not like you did anything wrong again i was the one feeling these feelings internally and i didn't know how to externalize it in a way that kind of just says like help you know i'm looking for help you know and so i went inward and i was I like how you said it, you put it like I was in this emotional desert. And then I found an oasis. And I found through the way that I dug myself out was, you know, obviously through meditation, productivity and organizing my life again. But again, it was a lot of it was on my own. And same for you and you being deprived of your social life. And so I really like how you put it where it was like, we are no longer incomplete individuals. We're two complete people now adding to each other. And I definitely can vouch for that. I think now that we've kind of gone through our own emotional desert journey on our own, I wouldn't want to do that again. It's good that we have rekindled and, and how much we're learning from each other now. It's just been great. And I won't forget to add that other new podcast that we might do on how to thoughtfully reply to each other. Because this is kind of how we've been able to kind of evolve our friendship in the way we communicate to each other. And so I'll get to that on another episode. But I just want to say thank you so much, best friend. And I agree. Even when I we kind of talked about this before we started the podcast, 
we were kind of like trying to figure out what's our value proposition to our audience, but more importantly, what was our value proposition to ourselves? And we both agreed that our friendship comes first, you know? We were kind of like, oh my gosh, like, why did we, why did we do this to ourselves? Uh, you know, I didn't reaching out or you, you're not under, not being able to see where I was coming from because I didn't vocalize it. And both of us are not at fault on that. It's just more that we're trying to internalize it. And now that we know, I think this is a good way for us to kind of really share that. And it has been great. And I just really appreciate our friendship, how it's evolving and becoming better. And hopefully by sharing this story, our story to our listeners, uh, you guys are enjoying everything that we are, have been sh- sharing here and <laughs> how our friendship has the importance of sustaining, you know, really healthy uh, relationships. And so Jin had like summarized it really well uh, last time too, you know, if anything that we're sharing has been impactful for you and you, and you are wanting to reach out to a lost friend or you know a friend or family member that you haven't talked to in a while hopefully this inspires you to reach out and maybe and see how you can sustain the relationship and be the one to help out anyways we look forward to any of you guys' thoughts and again best friend thank you for this i really really appreciate it and i look forward to talking soon so bye Thank you for listening to the Best Friends Best Ideas Podcast with, with your, your best, best friends, Adrian Suzuki Cruz and Jen Amos. We hope that today's conversation gave you the best idea on how to sustain a healthy relationship with your best friend or anyone you care about. If you enjoyed our show, be sure to leave us a five-star written review on Apple Podcasts. You can also support us by buying us a drink at buymeacoffee.com forward slash BFBI as in Best Friends Best Ideas Podcast. Again, that's buymeacoffee.com forward slash BFBI Podcast. Lastly, if any of our ideas have helped you in any way, we'd love to hear about it at bestfriendsbestideas at gmail.com. We'd be happy to give you a shout out in an upcoming episode. Until Until next time. time.